This is Punk Theology, the podcast. Punktheology.com Wouldn't that be the difference between faith and religion? Is action. Yeah. Because Thoughts and prayers. Know. I like that guy sign somebody had at one of the protests, like cross out and then said action. Well, that gets into that idea of, of what's more interesting or the way beliefs function. I join this punk movement, go to punktheology.com and click the donate button. Thanks for supporting punk theology and working towards producing conversations that inspire something different. Atheism for Lent, speaking of religion, how was that? That was good. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's caused me to question, make, say, ask all the hard questions, not be afraid of them, not be afraid of what the answer is. How many people left the group? Made it all the way through? How many? Well, I guess it's hard to say how many made it through, but there were over 500 uh, in the group. You can only get into the atheism for lit if you paid in the Facebook discussion group if you paid uh, forty bucks and then you got access to everything. But it was it was it was good. And I threw that thing on Facebook. Uh, I was reading. I saw a thing. I followed King's Kaleidoscope, Chad, Chad Gardner's band out of the old Mars Hill group, and he wrote a uh, song. It's called Prayer. And he's beginning of the prayer. He's asking if I mess up, if I slip up. Where are you? What are you? Do you still love me? And those are the questions that I was, I'm asking. That I'm not afraid to ask anymore. Yeah. To be honest. A lot of it is, uh, for me, <coughs> like what we were talking about with Orthodox theology and the penal substitutionary atonement and really kind of flushing out the, how kind of damaging that, that theology was for me. Because it really it confuses you about your relationship with God. Like, okay, God had to save, or Jesus had to save me from God the Father. Because God the Father thinks I'm a deplorable, despicable piece of shit. It's, it's just confusing. It, well, well, the Holy Spirit's it's doing messages. what? It's mixed messages. Yeah. I mean, because... It was a Trinitarian one God. How is this, you know, it's like... Because you're loved. Because God so loved the world. Uh, or God didn't, you know... Um, Christ came not to condemn the world, but to save it. All this sort of things. But then you're also, but you're, you're extension God's nostrils, and apart from Christ, there's Luther said you're snow covered dung. So it's like God doesn't love you; He loves the Jesus He sees over you. It, it, it's mixed messages for sure. Yeah, I, I wonder if we've just done such a horrible job of, of, of over time, generations down, have done such a horrible job of explaining it 
I mean, I, I, part of the problem was explaining it because mm-hmm. a lot of it arose after the Scholastic era in the Middle Ages, yeah. where and then from that came like post Enlightenment systematic theology, where you're explaining like these mysteries. Shouldn't necessarily be explained. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's a mystery. Yeah, you know? yeah believe it is a mystery. It, but 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 you're but we are Western post Enlightenment people, and you want to know yeah. how this works. Yeah, give me some answers. What I'm did, a consumer. What did it do? <laughs> I need to buy. Why did he die? It, and, and those are fine questions, but to have but, an answer. Well, or it, to, yeah, and I kind of see it as you know Luther just sat with the Bible and really really wanted. A nice clean line through the whole thing, right? Uh-huh. Like, like a scatter plot and a chart, uh, and then and they always have the line going through it, right? And Chuck, <laughs> Chuck's probably the only person here that can relate to what I'm talking about at all. <laughs> you guys, we're just not though. Okay, I've taught never mind. Engineered. Okay, yeah. Just keep going. Just keep going. No, it's good. Keep, keep going. going. So if you I'm have following, so you have a scatter chart with all these points on it, and it makes this big cloud. And the first thing that everybody wants to do is. Draw, draw a line right through it that yeah, says, okay, this is linear, yeah, this is predictable, yeah. this will follow this line. But if you actually look at a lot of these things, some of those dots are way the fuck off the line. And, uh, and, and yeah, and they're just not that reliable. And I think that's what Luther was trying to do, was draw a line all the way through these dots that connected all these things and made it, forced it to work. Uh, but I think he also kind of broke it when mm-hmm. he did that. Yeah. Like, yeah. <clears throat> like, okay, this is an explanation. And yeah, and it, it appears to be if you read it this way, it's fairly consistent all the way through, and you can make a system out of it. But nobody bothered to ask, what does that system do to you? Yeah. Like, like, okay, yes, this feels nice because it's a nice certain system, and I've got answers and blah blah blah. And it and it makes itself really uh, suitable for a nice system, right? You can build a church around it. You can force people to do what you want. You can encourage them to give you money, like like, and that's. Part of the reason it took off, right? Because it it fits so it's brandable. Well into a, yes, it's brandable, right? You <laughs> can turn brandable. it into this big, massive uh, machine uh, that'll be self-sustaining. We got it's. your Jesus. Come on in. And it's kind of like you know, our, like the Big Dipper, right? Like some cultures see it as a bear, some hmm. cultures see it as a dipper, like. And you know what it is? It's some fucking stars yeah. way the hell off, right? But, you know, some cultures would kill each other. No, it's a bear. God damn it. Like, I will fucking kill you if you say it's a dipper, right? And guess what? It's big balls of light way the fuck off. Mm-hmm. And they're yeah. probably dead, right? They're not even stars that exist anymore. Like, it's not either of them. It's cool that you have a story, and it's cool that it takes you somewhere, and then it gives you meaning, but, but like, can you not be such? You know? Can you not be so fucking yeah. hard? See the limitations, right? See, yeah. see the I have to fight about them. this stuff so hard. Yeah. See, we got right into it. We didn't even do any kind of. Uh, oh yeah, we should banter. do some bullshit. We didn't be even banter. About, do we need uh, to reboot the show? No, we can. Uh, well, you can edit this backwards <laughs> since you enjoy editing. So I don't. I don't enjoy editing so much. Um, no, we're not going to reboot the show. Chuck, did you bring the Guinness flavored fucking potato chips? Yes, that is cool. awesome. You get extra points. I've never seen. Them. I was I was hoping that like right in the middle of it, where just someone's going to say something really profound, really profound. Open up instead of you interrupting them. I just you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And then crunch, crunch right? Crunch. I worked. I worked at Kennedy Space Center for a bit um, in Florida. 
Cool. And we we had telecons all the time, you know, so it's a, a meeting with just 30, 40 people all over the freaking planet. Sign up onto the internet and watch this stupid PowerPoint presentation and you dial a fucking phone and listen to some asshole talk. And there was always somebody that would not mute their phone, and it's lunchtime, and it's just <laughs> <laughs> not paying attention. It's like, hey, like whoever's presenting would be like, oh, okay, like can we just double check, make sure our phones are muted, because uh, someone's having lunch, and it's still just. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, you're not even listening. Like you're legitimately not listening. That guy's a terrorist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing that on purpose. <laughs> maybe it's the NSA. Ooh, maybe, maybe, maybe. or it was just some fucking intern. I right. didn't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> had it on mute anyways. It just had it playing. So that if his boss came in, could... <laughs> it's it's first on. world anarchy. That's what that is. Yeah. So. So what, yes, I have Guinness flavored chips. I don't even have any of those. What, what's the topic? The topic is uh, religion versus faith. Okay. And is there a difference between religion and faith? Because there's a lot of like I have atheist friends who would say. No, there's no difference. And and I would call bullshit on that just because... And maybe it's how I defined, defined faith, and we could go into some language, you know, Is this semantics the or whatever. The assurance of things hoped for. The, the, uh, Which doesn't make... That's, that sentence in itself doesn't make sense at all. I think it does. No. Like, if you hope for it, it's not assured. Well, if Is it, you hope... Does it mean like, tricking yourself into believing something more than... Hope? Well, it's sort of like philosophy. So for, for me, it's I'll go philosophical with it. Um, I hope that when I get in my car tonight and turn the key, the fucker starts. No, like, yeah. that would be nice. No, you don't hope for that. You have faith in it. Uh, yeah, I have faith in it, but there's no guarantees. Or there's no guarantees that I'll drive home but and, and arrive home alive. Assurance is... No. I don't think it means a guarantee. I don't think it means guarantee. No. It just means that you... What? I assure you, you have nothing to worry odds about. Odds are. I think it means it's, odds are. Well, <laughs> is it just stronger hope? Yeah. Confidence? Right? See? I told you, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, right. You say it makes sense, and then I, I say explain it. I, you would, go, say, uh, well, I would say it's, it's more of like, a safety net for me, the insurance portion of it. Like, I equate it to more of, like, car insurance, health care. Assurance. 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 Yep. But insurance is... Never mind. (laughs) Assurance. No, but there's something to the insurance. I used to say that at Mars Hill just to kind of fuck with people because they would talk about faith. Like, well, God owns everything. I think it was about, like, uh, tithing, right? Well, God owns everything, so we should just tithe and give insurance. It's God's money. It's It's the money. And and I trust God, and God's going to, you know, bless me or whatever, and I'm going to be like... So, do you have car insurance? And I know that that's a law, but still, like the reason we buy insurance is in case bad shit happens. Does that mean you have no faith? Like Christians who own insurance, does that mean they're faithless? Like that's yes. <laughs> I think there are there are a fair number of Christians. And I'm saying this just through my own life anecdotally, but I've known people that you know won't save for retirement or think that's like you know whatever. Lord will well, provide. To be fair, Lord. that's a huge percentage of the baby boomers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that has nothing to do with Christianity. Yes, uh, there was a, a thing I saw recently. That, yeah, also stats on this on the retirement savings for boomers, and that's bad. <laughs> they won't quit. Like, it's really bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Steve, yeah. are you set? No. Oh. 
Sorry. Fit, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> but are you close to set? Do you have something? I'm setting. Okay. Do you, have, do you have something? Something. Good. You can live off Social Security when you're 67. That and uh, if I'm in my house, reverse mortgage. and. Oh, we have to reverse. Oh. Yeah. I saw a thing recently that said 50% of the homeless are over the age of 50. And that's the first time that's ever happened, and they anticipate it's going to get way worse. Wow. Well, that feeds in with that book Sorry. I'm reading. <laughs> okay. What books do you that, Is it Total Confession? No. Let me find it. But he's First talking about the depression memory. is, yeah, it is. <laughs> is, is depression is cyclical. Is that right? Cyclical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because yeah, if you have sure. no hope, <clears throat> you're depressed, and those on the street, and their minds have no hope, so they just a continuous cycle that they can't get out of the street. Well, it's also a vicious cycle where you need a residence to open a bank account, you need a bank yeah. account to get um, all sorts of things. I don't know. Like, oh, you, you need a driver's license for some pieces of ID, plus a residence to get a bank account. You need a bank account to be able to get a rental agreement and so on and so forth. So lost connections. Lost connections. Johan here. <coughs> Hard. He tells stories in medical. He was in that podcast. I watched it. It's not, the whole thing's on YouTube now. Mm-hmm. So I was watching it, and he's in a, in a doctor's office with a broken arm when he was younger, and this nurse comes out. Johan Harry? Johan Harry? He goes, no, it's Johan Harry. Not <laughs> Johan Harry. Johan Harry. It's a unique name. Yeah. <laughs> but the one he's asking through the book is, what in your life is causing what you're experiencing? Mm. And that's, you know, that'd be interesting to talk to some of these guys on the street. Yeah. You know, uh, For a lot of them, it's dope. You know, it really is. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm, and as a guy who was on dope, I was thinking that that would be kind of a cool question to ask. I've noticed, so I hand out like... But, but there's something underneath that, right? There's always something underneath that's it. A, that's yeah. really where the question yeah, 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 is. Yeah. Right. Something underneath but, but I've thought, so here's what I do, and I, I, you know, I do my part, I guess, and one of the things I do is handing out like granola bars to homeless people. And it's not so much about the food or whatever, but it's about what's your name, look them in the eye, you know, hi, you know, sometimes I'll chat with them. And sometimes I'll pull up to the same corner and the same guy's there. He's been there for a few months. I like I have some of their names. Like <laughs> I remember like a couple of them their names and just to get their names and go, Hey, Mark, how's it going? You know, and he's like, Oh, hey, you remember me, you know, and they, they smile, they fucking light up because they're not used to anybody even right. acknowledging they exist. So so I think that maybe to even press that conversation a little farther would be to say, and I can relate because I was homeless for a couple of weeks, you know, not that that's what they were experiencing, but it was because of dope, man. I was high and I just didn't want to go home. I just wanted to stay fucking high and walk around the city or, or you know. Did you enjoy I didn't it? Ca- no, I did not fucking enjoy it. Well, I mean, it's like... It, it, if you're high, I, I don't know. Like I'm asking yeah. a sincere, uh, ignorant. I was when I was enjoyed when I was high, but you always come down off down. of being high. Yeah, and then you when have you get to cold. get more money, or you get cold. Yeah, or you fucking wake up in a drug house and someone's trying to go through your pockets or some shit. Like I think that's a lot of some of the PTSD like effects, like where I I wake up if a mouse farts is just some of that shit. Waking up in drug houses and and people just 
scary fucking people. Might kill me just to fucking do it, you know? Like Johnny Cash said, I killed a man just to watch him die. I slept in places where that wasn't like, oh, yeah, they might do that, you know? But I was thinking about that with homeless folks and just and maybe push that conversation a little bit. And how many of them would go, oh, well, I'm not on dope. Like, yeah, okay, I wasn't either, but I was homeless, right? Like, come on, let's have a conversation about that. Like, what does it take to get... So the very first time, why for you? The first time I got high? Why did you get high? What were you feeling? Just chaos. <laughs> my life was out of control. To escape the chaos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My parents were divorced. I lived in a fucking trailer park. Um, the only guy that showed me any love was a fucking pedophile. And so there I was, you know, just some guy offered me the weed or coke or whatever it was. I, I took it. So why the first connection with somebody else on the street? What made you do that? To do drugs on the street? No, 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 no. So you <clears throat> you see a homeless guy sit on the street and you hand him a granola bar and start talking to him. Why? What would be my connection with him? No, why? Why did you do it? Why did he do it? No, why did I don't you? fucking care what he's on the street. <laughs> You're sitting here. Why did right. you give him a granola bar? Why did you reach out to him? To show him some kind of love of some sort, you know? To show him that they matter. Compassion. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be a big one for me. It's just to say, hey, you matter. Because I don't know if I ever got that from anybody. I would hitchhike all over the place mm-hmm. as a kid, man. I was fucking 15, 16 years old, hitchhiking. Um, you know, I'm just lucky I didn't get fucking horrible shit happen to me. But I didn't think I mattered. I think that was that's a big one. And yeah. maybe if I could convey anything from my story, is that, hey, you matter, buddy. You know. Yeah. What would it, what would it look like to get in a program and get off the dope and start with sobriety? I don't think sobriety is the goal. I think sobriety is a starting line. Right. You can get sober. You can get mentally. You know, the world is open to you once you can clean up a little bit. And that's what, it seems like in Western culture in particular, we so address the symptom. Let's just address the symptom. Yeah. Let's medicate the symptom or let's yeah. whatever instead of actually addressing the actual issue. Because you're right, I think a lot of those guys on the street do feel that. You know, they mm-hmm. feel worthless. Well, you yeah. might be able to help someone get off whatever mm-hmm. they're on, but one thing you, you can't do is give them a reason to live. No, you can't. <laughs> they got to find that. Yeah, and do. Well, you can connect them, like a book you're reading what's called About Connections. Like, that's a lot of the, I mean, the guy I had on this, this show uh, interviewed uh, Ryan. I mean, he's like, you connect these people with family. That's the number one thing that gets them off the streets, is someone who cares about them and will actually invest enough to give a shit. What if they don't have family that does that? Yeah, that makes it harder. Create a family for them, I guess. Yeah. And that's hard, man. People do that. There's people that do halfway houses and run halfway houses, and God bless those people because that's a hard life, man. And they love people to a degree where, oh, well, they stole half my shit. Oh, well. (laughs) It's like, fuck, you must really love people because I like my stereo. I don't know. Is that selfish of me or, you know? (laughs) This is why we can't have nice things. Yeah. You You keep bringing in heroin at us. I had a... A friend or a guy I work with, <laughs> whose brother was. Uh... Well, wait, no. This is Dan. 
Dan, 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 who, Dan. Had, who had to create a room in his house where he would lock his he brother created in. Created a yeah, uh, safe, safe room. room. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he like, yeah, you can stay here, but I'm gonna lock you in, yeah. and and I'm gonna watch you leave the house because you're gonna steal shit and sell it if I don't do that. Yeah. But here's a place to stay. Yeah. Because I love you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 loving somebody like that, like a family member. You, I don't know. I mean, that's probably illegal. My <laughs> <laughs> <It> probably is, <laughs> right? But, but he it, loved right? his brother enough <laughs> to go. Yeah, I'll fuck, it, bring a locksmith in and create this little safe room. It's got a bathroom in it. It's got a bed. There you go. Yeah. It's like that train spotting scene. He goes cold turkey. Literally locks locks himself in a room and. Why waits two weeks? You familiar with that movie? Train no, movie? no. Like, you should watch that movie. You, yeah. well, I mean, it's a hard movie to watch. Are you guys familiar with yeah, it? Yeah, I know of it. I haven't watched. You, well, the nineties homework. You guys should definitely watch it. <laughs> it's a, like seriously, it's a really good movie. But like the opening scene of that movie is brutal, brutal, brutal. Drugs are bad. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ewan or Ian? What's his name? Ewan McGregor. Obi Wan yes, Kenobi, right? Yes, that was, <laughs> that was, like a, that was <laughs> young Obi Wan breakout movie. Yeah, wow. yeah. Will that be the difference between faith and religion? Is action? Yeah. Because thoughts and prayers. Know. I like that guy sign somebody had at one of the protests, like cross out and then said action. Well, that gets into that idea of, of what's more interesting, or the way beliefs function. Yeah. Versus what you say you actually believe, right? Yeah. You know, that's the more interesting thing. Well, a lot of the critique of the faith are the non-believer, whatever you're believing, not seeing the reality of what you say you believe. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, our churches are full of them. Well, do as I say and not as I do. Yeah, or sin management. Yeah. You know, I was with. A, they're not perfect. They're just forget them. That's right. <laughs> it's a progressive I think for me the difference between faith and religion is religion implies some kind of system and, mm-hmm. and like like you're buying into the system right um, yeah or faith I think is much more individual like it's something that you do and you make work and you yeah uh, whereas religion says we all have the exact same faith and you have to buy into these set of rules uh in order to be part of the group, and then yeah, yeah, and if you don't, you're ostracized, or you don't, yeah. And my my wife and I had a discussion on uh, Saturday night about the Pope's stance on hell. Hell, it was interesting. And uh, the anti-Trump. <laughs> yeah. The anti-Trump. <laughs> she goes, well, so do you believe in hell? <laughs> there was a pause, and she goes, No, seriously. And I go, That doesn't determine my faith. If my faith is based upon not burning in hell, then that's not a faith. Right. That's fear. That's fear. Yeah. I said, again, let's embrace the mystery. Yeah. I don't know. And I'm not going to say I do know. And, and that's the change I've, I've had. I was, my, uh, I was over at my son-in-law's mother's yesterday for, and, uh, for Easter lunch. And she's uh, she was raised in the Lutheran Church, and it's kind of a strange trope because of the rules that you don't you, if you don't do this, then you can't do that. And she goes, "I don't like rules." And I said, "I don't like rules." 
because I, and I said I, we had this, it was a nice discussion because she heard I was doing this atheism for Lent thing and she goes really why would you do that and then I was explaining it to her she goes how is it doing with your faith and I said it's increasing my faith because I'm not afraid to ask the questions that I've always been afraid to ask because they weren't the right questions to ask and I'll ask I'll ask them of anybody yeah. and uh, she goes so how did it go and I said it went really well because I'm not about it's not about rules there was an old axiom in the church you would those the rebels of us would say, do you believe, believe in, the, in the church, what's the progression? Behave, believe, or belong? <laughs> and how many of the churches is it behave? Yeah. Well, it, it's usually, we say it's belong, yeah. but what we really mean, when, when, you get in, when you get inside and there's these unspoken rules, the unspoken rules are really behave, but yeah. right, sometimes that's what it is. It's, it's in those unspoken things that you really learn what the values are. And there's really no, for me, there was never any life in that religion. Even as hard as I tried, there was still no life in it. And the life became when it's become more of a faith that it's not, it's not a set of rules. I mean, I'm not, so do you need a religion to practice your faith? I don't. I don't think. Maybe. Depend, I guess I'd go back to how do you define, or how, yeah, how would you define religion? Yeah. Again, I, I agree with Derek. I think it's more of a, a system than a faith or anything anything substance based or tangible you know it's it's hard because in some you know when it comes to actual practical stuff uh, getting together you know even this Mm -hmm. like there is a level of behavior that's required to be in this group right so there's no matter what you do there's always going to be that underlying yeah. Like, like there's just some behaviors, even in this group, that like, me, I probably, I don't, I'm not really cool with you doing that type of thing. Like the certainty addict. Yeah. <laughs> or just like, somebody comes in here, no, I know! It's like, okay. Yeah, we would just, it would be boring because we would just Or even just like, you know, some of the stuff that's shared when the, when the recording's off that feels really private. And I'd be pretty pissed if somebody went and just kind of spread that all over the place. Right. Yeah, like, right. yeah, that's not real. Right. Like, uh-huh. there is some stuff that's behavior. So anytime you get group people together, like, the behavior does have to be in there somewhere. But that's always where the things get messy. Yeah. Right, like, like, and you can look at it like, uh, you know, Jesus came and established like the beliefs and the and and kind of the framework and the faith and that type of thing. And then Paul came out and was like, okay, we got to make a system out of this, right? Like, we got to get make this replicable, uh, and it's got to turn into a movement so it can spread. We got to do the missionary thing, and that's where all of the ugliness of of the behavior stuff starts to come up in it. And it's, it's moving from the ideal into the material. So it's moving from you know, the stuff that you have in your head that's wonderful and great and beautiful and then trying to make it work in the real world. And every time you do that, no matter what you do, it starts to suck at some level because yeah. the material world sucks. Uh, well, they were dealing with problems, though, like Gentile Christians coming in with Jewish Christians. Right, exactly. What so do we do? With things. Yeah, and it happened, with, it happened with Luther, too, right? Luther kind of drew, put all this stuff together, and then Calvin came along, Calvin, like, okay, yeah. let's make a system out Calvin, of it, right? Calvin, really. Let's, yeah. and, and so he, Calvin was 
Paul to <laughs> to Luther, to Luther right? <laughs> like, well, I mean, I, Luther wasn't Jesus. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no. I'm like uh, squirming in my John chair. is. <laughs> I can't even say it. Dude, Luther is. J- Luther is. Uh, yeah. Using the analogy, <laughs> just say it, John. Well, I, Calvin. <laughs> You're named after. No, I'm not. <laughs> I see it like you know because I like liturgical worship and I clumsily yeah. half-heartedly embrace uh, a, a liturgical tradition but and I do say clumsily but and half-heartedly but um, but, <laughs> but the way I, I kind of see it though is is your faith is one thing, but your religion perhaps is like your gym membership. It helps you on the path. It, it's a structure. It, it's a structure that helps you on the path to strengthen your faith. So, so in that line of thinking, or in the line of thinking that I clumsily and half-heartedly embrace, it is more like, like you know, salvation is of God, right? I mean, in all its forms, it's for God to grant. But your your job in your salvation is to remove the obstacles that keep you from God. That's that's your job. God's giving you that to do. And so they'll do that through ascetical efforts and liturgical practices. And that, that makes some sense to me logically. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't always see evidence or fruit of how that plays out in my life or other people's lives. I, I suppose that it does. But that makes some sense to me. It's sort of like thinking of, of religion as like the, the gym membership to your faith. And that's the way I kind of see So you it. mean ritual, like the rituals are the half-hearted part of your faith? Is oh, for me, talking? personally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just, just my, my uh, commitment level or my buy-in, yeah. I, I, I guess, to it is sometimes... Uh, you were saying earlier you didn't go to church on Easter, which I think uh, is... no, I didn't go to church on Palm Sunday. Oh, on Palm Sunday. Yes, Easter is this coming. I, oh, I, I see. Yeah, we, That's we, right. We celebrate a week. Uh, a week the, out. The, the calendar's different. Sure. It's always different. Nice. So, um, why is that? Why is what? The calendar different. Oh, there's some convoluted explanation. It's not too much. It's not that interesting. It would be boring. You guys it's, would change it's, the channel. It's not that interesting. <laughs> I gotta find a new podcast. What the fuck? <laughs> they like to be different, <laughs> which is kind of nice, by the way, because if you celebrate, we call it Pascha Easter. Um, uh, if you celebrate Pascha a week after. Protestants and Catholics do, you get hella good deals on the Easter egg true. And candy shit. Yeah, the yeah there you go. Yeah. Yeah, 75% <laughs> That's why they do it. That's why. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. But that's the way I see that relationship, though, is, is I think that religion, and healthy religion, I don't want to say healthy religion because some religion is healthier than other forms of it, but it's like, you know, your faith needs a gym membership, I guess, and that's kind of what it, it serves to do. Now, there, of course, there's that's the good part. The bad part is, uh, like any system, it's going to have its blind spots and its faults, and it's going to discourage you and frustrate you if you're a thinking person or a sensitive person. But well, that's going to happen in any organization. Yes, exactly. Religious yes. or not, or yes, yeah. without question. Yeah. At some point, somebody's got to have some kind of authority and. Pick a direction, and, mm-hmm. and that always pisses people off and causes yeah. conflict, and and puts the authority in a position where they can abuse it, and yeah. Mm-hmm. And it could be something as innocuous as changing the night that you meet. 
<laughs> We're here on a Monday instead of Thursday. Chuck just laughed. <laughs> Chuck is like, no, but, but you're absolutely right. You're absolutely yeah. right. No, if, you, if you receive a text message, you're interpreting that text. No emojis. So it's just a straight no emojis. emojis. Yeah. Right, just, 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 are they just capital straight, letters or are they lowercase letters? It doesn't matter. <laughs> hey, so you're all caps rage. You are going to read that text based upon the mo where you are at mm-hmm. that moment and your previous encounter with the person sent. Yeah. However, yeah. if that person has changed, but again, sending no emojis, they say something you don't know. Is it sarcastic? Yeah. Is he serious? Is he on the edge? I kind of started have started to view scripture that way now. That I'm reading scripture from a different mindset as opposed to God is just waiting for me to screw up yeah, and then give him a reason it's like give me a reason and he's gone well you we we all do it through the lens in which you're given um, you know so uh, I think before Russ hit record we you know there was like an online conversation with some of his friends about the atonement or, or penal substitution, and and I had got baited into this, and, and uh, it's like smacking the beehive with a stick. And and I, I really mellowed on that because that used to just be such a thing for me. Like I couldn't even be in a room with it without like just foaming at the mouth. That was a big fucking thing for me. Really, it really was. Yeah, it was. It's no longer. What's that? It is. It still is, or it's N- no. It's really subsided. Cool. Like where I could have a conversation right. with you about it. Right. And, right. And I just I could disagree to disagree, and that's okay. Yeah. But I used to just film at the mouth. Like I couldn't even handle it because that was just part of my my uh, deconstruction. Just where I was, and um, it was very sensitive to me. Um, and uh, where was I going with that? Um, the online conversation. Nobody knows, Jim. Shit, I lost my train of thought. Why'd you ask me? Oh, sorry. sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go over. I can't see. Chuck is crawling. Oh, where I was going with that is is there. if so, <laughs> CSA. So 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 using that as an example, as an example, where that is what you're taught. The gospel is that's what you're taught. The atonement is well. If if that's what you've been raised to believe and what you believe, you're gonna see it. All everywhere. throughout the Bible, it's right. everywhere. Yes. It's, it, it, it's and if you talk, the lens. It's the lens in which you're looking at through. it. And if you talk to an Eastern Orthodox Christian and a lot of Catholic Christians, they don't see it that way. They yeah. never thought it saw it that That's way. That's a good point. They never thought of it that way. Which comes back to the, you know, is it a bear? Is it a? <laughs> is it a dipper? It totally depends on, yeah. on your perspective on, your, on a, what you grew up believing it was. Uh, yeah, it's the you lens can, in which you can hear, draw yeah. a whole bunch of different lines through the Bible if you want to. Yeah, it just kind of depends on where you start from. The text thing is interesting because my mother and I had a long period of time where we tried emailing each other, mm-hmm. and it was just a fucking disaster. So much gets lost. Yeah, because because <laughs> I was reading her stuff like she was pissed off and judgmental, and she was reading my stuff like I was pissed off and judgmental, <laughs> yeah. and we just couldn't get anywhere in our relationship. You almost put tone into it right? as you read yeah. the text. You're like, there's tone, and they're like, you know. And at some point, we're like, we can't do it anymore. Like, right. we have to have, especially my mom, because so much of our interaction, she's generally a, uh, uh, what's you know, body language type of person. Like, you got to read her face. Right, right, gotta, right, right. Her tone is really, really important, and I was just reading it. 
you know, like this damaged little kid, little three-year-old getting yelled at by my mom. Exactly. And that's not where she was coming from. Right. And she was reading it like this three-year-old screaming <laughs> back at her, right? And that's right. not where it was coming from. So, yeah, <clears throat> so I think we miss out on seeing the expressions that the authors of Scripture right. did. Tone, inflection. Yes. Yeah. That's why if, I, if I'm on an IM thread or something... I'll, I'll throw in emojis and LOLs for that very reason. Like, yeah, like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be. What's that? Still tasting. No, this, the cigar is putting me in a happy place. That's but, right. but my head's nicotine's my, kicking in. Yeah, my head is swimming a little bit. There you so, go. I haven't had a cigar in a long time, and this is a nice. very good cigar. This is a very good cigar. Scorching a little. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was and John really, and I are having really a porter, Dragon's Tooth. I was pouring it. It looks like a good one. Yes, yeah, as you poured it, like man. you were divvying up equal <laughs> shares. Very, sure. very fucking Make terrible. sure everybody got the right amount. That's what we were giggling about a little bit. Because my, my oldest daughter and I have had this discussion because she's kind of come out of this now, too. And she was uh, she was my partner, Tamar Hill, for years mm-hmm. down in Ballard. We had this little ritual. We'd stop at the Starbucks there in uh, Wallingford. Get a coffee, and a coffee cake or something, and then go on down. We had great conversations, and we'd hit dicks on the way out. Well, she said that she struggled with this mentality that God was waiting for her to screw up, mm-hmm. and He couldn't let her back in until she did something to to rectify it. She would say, "Dad, I would lie to your mom, and I go and feel guilty. I couldn't do anything with it because God wouldn't accept me." Mm. And I said, honey, I am so sorry. She goes, no, it wasn't your fault. It's just what we were brought up under. And I said, that's where I'm out of now. It is your fault, but you got it from somewhere, too. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. So, so on and so yeah. forth. Yeah, yeah. It's not really your but, you know, But it's the area you breathe. Really is yeah, it's the area you breathe. Sins go yes. generations to generations to generations. <laughs> you do the best you can. To, yeah. Better than the generation yeah. before us, I'm hoping. Yeah. I was just thinking about that today. It's funny that you bring that up, that... Sins are passed down to the because that was a big thing in my family. My dad about that all the time. But there's there's actually something to that, and <clears throat> that like just a family culture. You know, I can extrapolate it really easily. You just talking about talking to my dad, who talks about his dad and his grandpa, and it, and it, his his dad was an asshole, and his grandpa was a complete fucking asshole, right? And my dad can be an asshole, but it's you know it's like ten percent of what uh, his grandfather was, and just like there's. I don't know that it's God cursing you, right? But there's definitely something to the fact to like this is the culture you grew up to up and it takes four generations, generations to finally break yourself out of this really ugly cyclical yeah. bullshit. Mm-hmm. Or that idea that God is punishing you. It's like no that's what I love about the shack when when Paul Young wrote the shack, there's that scene where well, well isn't God punishing sin? And uh, Papa looks at him and says, "Sin is its own punishment." Yep. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of an Eastern Orthodox view too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the way it works. It's right. built into the system already. Right. Not to say there's not consequences that have a ripple effect where that could seem like the effects of it could be compounded, but at the same time, it's not like, yeah, sin's its own punishment. Yeah. Um, I remember like my priest saying something like that, like uh, about how predestination works, you know, within the Orthodox faith, is uh, if, if you drink a fifth of vodka every night for a, a year or two, you're predestined to have cirrhosis. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's a very cause and effect sort of thing yeah. with the way just nature already is, which, 
it's not what I was used to. It's not what I was brought up with. Because I think we didn't hear it kind of the Zeus-like narrative where God's there with a thunderbolt just waiting to smite you if you fuck up. But right. And that's even in the Bible where some guy asks Jesus, well, who sinned, this guy or his parents or what? And it's like, and his answer sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not not really. It was theater. so that I could make an yeah. example out of it. Oh, that's works. Yeah, right. Yeah. Thank you for letting us uh, suffer. Because where did we get to the idea that we we're separated after the relationship with Jesus? Yeah, like that's the point. What do you mean? That we're not. That we're alone. After after you're saved, you mean? Yes, and whatever that means in your vernacular. Well, the large narrative that we've inherited in the Protestant world is the story starts in Genesis 3. It doesn't start in Genesis 1, that you're an image bearer of God, that you have the image of the divine, that you know, you're made for love and wonder and beauty. Um, it, it's No, it starts in chapter 3, when you're a sinner, and it's broke, and, yeah. and uh, you can't get back to God. So Jesus bridges the gap to get you to God. Well, let's get get past that point where Jesus is whatever, that gap. He's bridged it. He's freewayed whatever. And he says that I'll never leave you. For me, the difference now is that whatever shit I go through, he's there with me in it. See, I was thinking about this, and maybe you have something, Steve, to because it coincides with some with some of my own interactions with the work of, say, guys like Pete Rollins or Kester Bruin, or some more agnostic thinkers or former theist thinkers, uh, where, okay, Jesus died and rose from the dead. So what? What does that? What does that have to do with? What? How does that change my life? How does that change anything practically? I still have to die. Everyone I love has to die. Uh, Lazarus rose from the dead. He still died a second time. What? So so. But, but oh, Jesus died and rose from the dead. He conquered death. Okay. Well, what does that mean to For me? Oh, I'm just throwing it out yeah. there, like as a question that yeah, I've been yeah. chewing on, like, like. Like because sometimes I get into dark spaces where, where like I, like I could say I have a faith where I believe that I just don't know. But Lazarus didn't raise himself, though. Well, Lazarus is just an example. I, I mean, know, maybe he died again. but he died again. I mean, well, no, so, no, I, I know. I'm just saying, like, he, it's not like there's power. Uh, okay, if you take the story at face value, mm-hmm. Christ has power over death. Yep. If you take the story at face value, but but what does that mean to my life in the here and now, in the ordinary every day? Uh, I think it's just something that maybe we tell ourselves, you know, that there's hope for us beyond the grave or whatever, or there's hope for us in the life now, even though life is still ordinary and mundane. It's just a question that I've been kind of mowing over in my head. Is I say it even as a person of faith that affirms it, right. I just don't know what, so, so what? Do you think that you could have the same level of faith that Jesus did? Raise your own self from the dead? No. Why not? I just think He was fully human, right? And and God is in you, just as God would be in him. Uh just just personally and philosophically, I just don't. Um I and Derek and I have talked about this. Like you can get to some varsity varsity place where you're like Jesus. Like if I could be, I could just like Jesus and raise dead people. Sure, I mean, but it's Jesus even says that you are going to do greater things than I. Mm -hmm. Granted, you know, you could interpret that to anything, but sure, why not? Arthur, Arthur asked a good. He's not here to 
interject in the conversation, but but you know we had a discussion on, on online, and, and and he asked a good question. I don't think any of us uh, uh, like responded to or took him to task on, but it, I, I, it impacted me. It was a good question: is is was Jesus indeed fully human? If he was the one human born without the inherent lack that we all have, if he was born without the void, without the lack, is he really fully human? Because isn't that well, it depends on how you define human? <laughs> there you right. go. And how you define <laughs> lack too? Because in the in the garden, I love that scene in the garden of the Gethsemane where he's like, "Could this cup pass?" And then the whole sweating blood thing, like that's not. And then there was the Maccabees. So in the in the Catholic Bible, there's the first and second Maccabees, and the Maccabees were so fucking varsity at their faith when they were being martyred. You know, they're all like smiling and shaking hands at people, like, "Oh, we're going to be killed because we're Christians. This is awesome." Oh, you know, this is before, Jesus. yeah, this is a, this yeah, yeah, the Maccabean revolt, <laughs> right? But but Jesus is like, you know, he's there in the garden, just kind of really human, going. Hey, if this cup could pass, like I know what I'm supposed to do, but but, I mean, but if you but take, if we could work something if you out, take the gospels at face value. Mm-hmm. He knew he was coming back. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, but still, it's the pain of of going to the cross. Sometimes I do that with EMDR. Like, fuck, I have an EMDR session coming up tomorrow. No, part of me is like, motherfucker, it's some painful fucking shit. I know it feels good after I get done, and I'm like, wow, there's pressure's been released it's like i don't know like opening a can of like pressure and you just, just a little bit comes out and that's awesome but man i don't i don't i don't watch that fucking movie again you know like it's painful shit it's that 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 narrative of the cross and i guess that's where i would go with some of that but, philosophical but, but, but is, is there something and because i i appreciate the the mdr it, it, it resonates with me. Yeah. Going through the therapy, it, it's not easy work, but but even with that that kind of anecdote, are you trying to give Jesus a pass though a little bit? Like no, I'm saying like that the story it gives me hope. Pass? It gives me hope because I think that unlike just going, it's just about hope. We'll go a little bit past. He hope. knew he was coming back. He knew. Well, if you take the story at face value, okay, just for the sake I know of I'm going into EMDR tomorrow, and I'm not going to fucking die. Like, I'm not going to die there. But, okay, but, but, but I'm going to come back. But, but it's still fucking painful. But and I don't want to do it. But we're talking about life, though. If this cup can your, pass. We're talking about your life. Uh-huh. Does this all make sense? Is it all worth it? You you don't know that you're coming back the so way Jesus did. Death still scare you? Does death still scare me? Oh, that's an interesting question. Because um, I've gotten to the place where death doesn't really freak me out. It depends on the day you ask me. Uh, it's funny, and it wasn't from the Bible. It's really so. There's this video online. Uh, it's it's called uh, Alan Watts Chill Step, and it's the, it's the <laughs> yes. sixth one this guy's done. And it's Alan Watts. Those are good about death, and that one has totally like from the it explains. Why death isn't scary from from an atheistic standpoint, mm-hmm. and like it's totally eased a whole bunch of my tension that I have about that. So, from the standpoint of dying, uh, from an atheistic standpoint, yeah. doesn't freak me out at all. The pain of dying uh, does bother me, but but death isn't really. And I'm kind of in the spot where I either go to heaven or or no, nothing. cease to exist. Yeah, and it and uh, you so, don't know what life was like before you existed. You're right. So if anybody's anything. listening. And wants to check that out. Uh, it's just on YouTube. It's definitely worth uh, yeah, it's, going through. It's re- it's, it's really, good. really, really good. 
Um, kind of unpack stuff a little bit in terms of where you're going. We talked a little bit about Genesis three and the, and then Jesus and the point of what he uh, did. And and I think the story that I've been seeing more and more in the Bible is the idea that um, it just comes down to the basic. We can imagine things going better than they could ever go, right? And that's the human struggle that we have this picture in our head that this could like tangibly, easily, right at the end of our fingertips, be going so much better than it is, and every time it kicks us in the nuts. Like it just, even our highest highs are not as good as we can imagine them being. And that's the human struggle. And so that's that was what Jesus was addressing. Uh, and and that's why the, the issue of you know him rising from the dead comes is that was a demonstration of... Uh, of there is something that can be attained that can <coughs> that can fight off the worst that life throws us and the worst that reality throws us and that's where that hope comes from for me uh, from the perspective that was a demonstration that like as that this material world can be fought back against and broken and what you can imagine in your head actually you know there is hope that it can be established somewhere. Um, and, and, and you know, we're constantly kicked in the nuts over it, and, that, and that's what Jesus was fighting against too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is, is Even though he believed it fully, there was still something in him that said, yeah, but this world is so fucking broken uh, that it's still kind of miserable. And, uh, and so that's kind of the... Like, from a practical standpoint, Jesus raising from the dead... Uh, I don't think it connects with Christianity, like a lot of what Christianity teaches. Yeah. But from that aspect of of just like, hey, everything about life that bothers you, uh, I can, I can. There's a way through it. There's, there's hope. There's a path through it. Even the worst thing that you can imagine, which is death. Uh, right. There is. I think it's totally it's, punk rock. Like, but it gets fixed later, somewhere else. Uh-huh. Well, that's that's see, that's where I say fuck you, because th- that that might have been what we've inherited from our respective church traditions or upbringings. But what I think the kind of piggybacking on what Derek's saying is the real message is Christ conquered death. Hebrews two is largely in view in the ancient in the ancient view is is Satan, sin, death, and the fear of death. However, you interpret that to to, to mean so because Christ has conquered death and those things. Well, now guess what? He's ascended into heaven, but you are the body of Christ. So you get to go out into the world and unfuck it. Is like kind of piggybacking on what Derek's saying. Like now, yeah. that's your job to do. It's not just our job; it's a definition of love too. Because I think love does that. It's an energy that unfucks the world. Love is the energy that unfucks the world. You could quote me on that. <laughs> I think. And, and to wait, 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 really quick, to go back to what Chuck was saying, the big fuck you, I think, was also the Pharisees, who are very religious. Yeah. I mean, some of these guys had whole books of the Torah dedicated to memory. I mean, these guys were varsity at being religious. And they killed Jesus, right? Because they knew more about their religion than he did. And that's another thing that pisses me off is this whole idea that the Catholics are going, oh, the Jews killed Jesus. Jesus is a Jew! Like, you fucking motherfuckers! He was a fucking white guy with long blonde hair. Like, the, all the paintings just... 
But that's part of that, that fuck you thing that you were saying. Um, he came back three days later. Like, we're going to kill you. He's like, I know. And they kill him, and then he's back three days later. Like, is that just the ultimate fuck you to authority on this planet? I think that's, that's very punk rock. I came to Jesus with the fear of heaven, not making heaven and going to hell. I came to Jesus explicitly because yeah, I wanted to Yeah, me too, heaven. dude. That's oh. the only reason I came to Jesus. Yeah. It wasn't because I felt I think it's the reason we came to religion, maybe. Yeah. I and, think, so, the way I read Jesus in the Bible was his whole purpose was to establish this world's really broken. There's a lot of people that are more broken than others. And that's okay. There's a freedom to just yeah. be broken. Yeah. Like, and that's that's the big message of Jesus is it's okay to be broken. Like, just just be broken. That's cool. You don't like you don't have to do anything with that necessarily. Just just sit for a minute and be broken, and let the people around you feel your brokenness and lean into that. Yeah. And and God doesn't hate you for that. And broken is broken. And and cool. So and so and that's that's the freeing aspect of Jesus, uh, is the idea, like okay, yeah, you're broken. Let's first let's throw all the shit away that's feel, like makes that makes you feel like you're not adequate because of your brokenness. Let's throw all that out. Let's get that out of the way, and then let's just work from there. Because so much of what's keeping you broken is the weight that you feel from society yes, and people yeah, around yes, you yeah. and the oppression of, of you're not good enough, you're not part of us, you're not part of yeah. our tribe. Okay, we're going to bottle all that shit out, shit up, throw it out. Okay, now you're just a broken person. Let's let's sit in that and, and see if we can get you to a point where you're less broken. Um, and that's that's kind of it, right? Like like yeah. let's let's create a system where you're free to be broken, and just sit in that. And okay, now what? And, and then the church took it and flipped a 180 on that, right? right? And then right. did the exact opposite and did what the Pharisees were, or Jesus hated about the Pharisees, <laughs> right? Was just was taking all that shit and and taking their broken it brokenness and using it. To exclude them, mm-hmm. right? And Jesus was okay. I'm going to take that brokenness and use it to include you. You are now part of the group because of your brokenness. You're not excluded from the group as part of the brokenness. Uh, yeah. And then the church said, "Okay, yeah, that's great. But what if we excluded you because of your brokenness, right? Because the system works better. That system's easier to manage. <laughs> right? Like it's just, it's just a lot. Of, Those guys cost a lot of money. Right? To it's the a lot system. easier to they keep eating our food. A lot easier to make the system work if you can kick people out. If you can hold something over somebody's head, make them feel guilty, get the behavior you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you just you could build empire off it. Too. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You and can turn a, a huge fucking thing yeah. if you don't stick with the you're broken and that makes it part of you. Uh, there's way more power in that you're broken, so you don't get to participate. Yeah. And Jesus's whole point was the opposite of that. Exactly. And, yeah. And so that's, he's like Zacchaeus up in the tree. Like everybody fucking hated Zacchaeus. Right. Hey, 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 I'm gonna have dinner at your place. Right. Come <laughs> They're all like, what? As the woman at the well. Yeah, like, the woman at the well. All of them. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And for me, the 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 resurrection is the fact that that Jesus is. For me, that solidifies the belief that he is with me through all of it. And we were we were talking one night with uh, one of the guys at AC3 after, and he brought up a great point that I'd never really thought of. He says, 
So even though you go through all kinds of shit, Jesus goes through it with you. And he can't, or no, he won't interrupt the system mm. because of free will. Because or submission. God submits to us. Your free yeah. will. Mm-hmm. Then it's then it's all off the off the table. Yeah. And that's the that's the, again. That's, I'm just now at the point of embracing the mystery. Yeah. And I do feel you know I feel I woke up this morning and I was I felt dark this morning. I mean I was I was almost in tears just driving into work and I couldn't figure out why. Yeah, some days, man. Yeah, and yeah. I felt okay. And just remember. Jesus is with me, regardless. I mean, that's kind of might be corny. I'm not dogging it because I do this too, but but is this a coping mechanism? I mean, I do it too. I don't know. I ask myself that. What is what a coping mechanism? What he's describing. Recap it. Jesus is with me on a hard day. Jesus is with me. I don't know about life or the hardships I endure. I just know Jesus is with that's me. That's one of those things. There's not really a good way of knowing. Right. So it's like why ask the question, right? Like, yeah, it totally could be a coping mechanism. Mechanism. Uh-huh. Who? who and you would there? allow for that possibility. Yeah. Whereas maybe even I, fairly yeah. recently you wouldn't. I wouldn't have. Have six months yeah. ago. Because I would say I'm asking rhetorically a little mm-hmm. bit. Where, where it's like, yeah, it might be. I don't know, but so what? But what yeah. if it's Jesus also... is that coping me- mechanism, but he's a hell lot better than heroin. So, <laughs> yeah. so, uh, so isn't our isn't our main fear of being alone? Being, yeah, being alone and and like you said, not worthy. And you're not alone. And maybe it's not a exactly. either or, but it's a both and. Does that yeah. make sense? Like yeah. It's a both and like. Like uh, it's a it's a true myth. Is C.S. Lewis? Well, here's here's an example. There's a lot of people that do drugs to have a spiritual experience, and and can they be having a spiritual experience? Sure, I'm not saying there aren't. Yeah, why not? But what if it's both? You're having chemicals in your brain altered, and it's creating this kind of euphoric. It doesn't negate the awareness. Yeah, it doesn't negate the experience, but the experience is both a very biological, scientific thing that can be explained that's happening in the mind and an experiential thing. You know, it can still change your life, even if you could argue it's mostly chemical. Yeah. Right. And it, yeah, exactly. it doesn't. You're right. And it doesn't matter, right? Yeah, it doesn't like, matter. It doesn't, exactly. It doesn't. It doesn't work, matter. So both both are, and. Yeah. yeah. It works. So why are you sitting here picking at it? But people right? will shit on it. Like they'll right. go, "No, you just got fucking high." And I'm tempted to do that because I'm an ex-recovery guy, right. and all drugs are drugs are bad. You know, mm-hmm. let's go back to South Park. You know, you know, kids, drugs are bad. Um, and they are to a certain degree. Like, a, I don't know how good it is for us to do like, like psychotropics. Not just psychotropics. That's a whole another issue. But uh, psychedelics, because they basically what has happening is it takes the fat in your brain and it shrinks it, and then kind of lets it go. You know, that's what's going on. Well, that's what John was just talking about before we started recording. Is like, there's a good reason to do hallucinogens and a bad reason to do it. If you're just doing it to get high, probably not the best reason, right? Yeah. Like, And there's better drugs to get high on, right? right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, if you're going to do a drug, yeah, do do one that makes you feel good, not one that makes you possibly trip, trip the there's fuck a reason, out. There's a reason they call it tripping. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, do it for Oh, for man. some experience, you know, the exploration and the experience and trying to get yourself somewhere, not just to Escape high, dude. Right, just to get <laughs> high. Like not and I was really young when I did a lot of that shit, and I think a lot of it was was just 
I think that my good trips were like a fucking cartoon, you know? Like, it was just... It was just fun. In a cartoon, it was just right. fun. Right. And my bad trips were were like nightmares while I'm awake. I can't, I can't not wake up. <laughs> like somebody, somebody punched me. I think I said that once when I was really high. I used to do mushrooms like all through fall because they would just grew everywhere. <laughs> and we would pick them when they started growing. And we'd fucking do them until the first freeze, you know, and they were over. It's like, oh, man, that was good. That was fun. You can't do mushrooms like two days in a row. Did you know that? <laughs> like seriously, you, if you try and do it the next day, you won't get high at all. I did a shit ton of mushrooms, and my body just said no. <laughs> <laughs> We're not doing that. We're not doing that again. You just get sick. God put a break on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably for the best. <laughs> Maybe God or that caterpillar that sits on the mushroom in the Alice in Wonderland with the big bong. A hookah. I like to think it's a bong, but I do So that was a question I was asking, and it's still kind yeah. of just mowing over. Yeah. And, and I, I, I love all the, 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 the feedback on it, but, but it is just kind of something I, I kick around a little bit in my own mind. Like, it, it, again, it, fully affirming it, but still like, so what? I, I, I don't know. It, I'll let you know if I land anywhere on it cool. at some point. But, <laughs> but, but, that, but that, that was one of the... Kind of just thoughts I've been mowing over the past couple of weeks, and I do that sometimes. Is it something you want to land on? Want that What's that? Break it if you land somewhere on it. I don't need to land anywhere. Is it what you want? I, is it what you want to believe? Because if you land somewhere, then the mystery is gone, right? Yeah. yeah. So like part well, of the, I, I'm okay with that sometimes. Part of the so. beauty of it is that you're not going to land anywhere, and you kind of have this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, right. you know, it's kind of suspended in the air, and uh, and the more you look at why it's suspended in the air, if a Less helpful it is to you. It could be. I I, I like resolve because <laughs> I'm There's certainty. I can be. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm fucking trying not to be. But Break that certainty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. just sit there with it. You. Just sit there yeah, with just it. Sit there in it. Yeah, sit there with uh, it. It, it. It's okay. But uh, well, it, to be fair, like I'm even posing the questions to, to to you guys or to people that might listen to us or engage with our thought processes. But it's kind of an uncomfortable. Maybe seemingly irreverent question. I, I don't mean for it to be. It's a very sincere question. That, that no, I think if it all if the you, best questions are irreverent. <laughs> if you can't, if you can't ask it in a stand, then what you were asking of it wasn't real. Right. Yeah. You know, um, I was thinking back this morning too. Is is why I was feeling so dark was I was feeling alone. Mm. And. That was the realization, and it was just came to mind. Just like by yourself going yeah. to work, yeah. it's yeah. like it was dark. Yeah, in the yeah. morning, you know, and it was in just the realization uh, or the remembrance that Christ was with me. I like that song. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard it. It's called "Pray for Me." It's from the uh, uh, Black Panther movie, Kendrick Lamar and The Weeknd. And that the lyrics in that song are just they get me because it has to do with that, like I'm alone again. Yeah, yeah. I'm alone again. You know, something something needs to die. I need bloodshed. Um, keeping the thing spinning. Because we all fight that. My, you see, is he said that and is is I'm yeah go ahead. going back and forth. My hope, it kind of goes to your question too, my Derek. My my hope for, for myself is to be better and more comfortable with being alone yeah. and with 
having the resources within myself be enough. And, and like that's just a longing I I, I I sort of have that I just like like want to work through is it's always me plus God, me plus whatever else is out there, me plus the mystery. But it's like I, I don't know. There's something in me that just longs for what if you're enough, and I've never had life be like that. And which brings me back to my same question. Hmm. So then, why can't you have enough faith to do it? To to rise from the dead. Rise from the dead. You tell me what muscle just, to flex. What pill I need to take? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Where is it? Yeah, it rises three days later. Right. And. <laughs> the fear of if I was really and this is where I'm Sour getting a, approaching is if I was really known even if Jesus really knew me this is the my mind spinning he wouldn't want to be with me yeah see because you have to work on that self-hatred yes. thing yes, and that exactly. self-loathing yeah. thing and that's, and that's the thing, a whole other like, thing and, 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 and the remembrance is I get I get it in my mind is but I know you and I'm still here yeah. You know, and that just that in itself will move me to tears. But how much of that has to do with that penal PSA, right? Penal, penal substitutionary atonement, original sin. And because you thought your back. In your head. That, by yeah. the way, is what I'm. My EMDR targets the past couple weeks have been on this very thing of of these inherent beliefs that you inherit. Uh, inherent beliefs you inherit. That's redundant. But 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 the, the, these beliefs you inherit that, that you're bad. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're bad. And you can't trust yourself. It's like no agency at all. I mean, like, right. like, like yeah. th- that's that's the message. You are bad, and you can't trust yourself. And I'm kind of interested in breaking that apart a little bit and, and getting underneath some of that. Well, um, that's cool. I mean, to, to answer your to answer your question, I don't know if that would be the first place my mind goes with it. Like, w- once I'm dead, I, I don't know if I want to be raised from. No, and I'm just using that as an example, just because we were talking about. The Jesus resurrection. Time, the resurrection. Oh. But it's if it's just you, if it's not you plus anything else, then you're possible. Like the possibilities are endless now for you to do whatever you want. Well, don't misunderstand me. Though. I'm not saying like total self sufficiency or, or like no, the, or I like I can no. abandon God or my friends. But 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 I, but I can tell there's this thing though where it's like you need to trust yourself more and love yourself more. That's not to negate that there's not a need for God or the divine or for relationships. But but I, I can tell within myself there is more of a need to make peace with something that I'm not at peace with, and that that's what I'm working through. Discovering what that is, correct, yeah. and, and just being able to, hey, I am by myself. It is dark. There, like I do have love in my life. I have friends. I have I, I have a family. I have a God that I revere or, or under try to understand as best I can. But but what if it's just me alone with myself and my own thoughts? Well, gosh, isn't that beautiful too? And why do I need to be afraid of that or want to escape it? Which I sometimes can, you know, I can yeah. get to those places. And I'd Would like that be a religion addiction then? What's that? That you have to have that thing that's going to be outside of you to save you. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> but don't we all have that though on some level? But, it, but what about... How much of Christian theology also says that you have the indwelt Holy Spirit, or even even uh, Paul? I think it's Romans where he says, you know, you don't need the law because the law is alive inside you. Like that's not a real popular verse amongst most evangelicals today either, but that's in the Bible. Like 
the law's been done away with and the law exists inside you. Like you don't really need this outside thing barking orders at you, right? Does can that I, make sense? Can I pitch an idea real quick? Yeah. Please. Can we land the plane in this and then do another episode in a minute? Ooh, and sure. Ooh, there we topic go. Topic I think we should go into. Yeah. So I'm going to land the plane on this. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll land the plane on this because last week we discussed it and, and it's kind of been, it's been a little splinter in my mind driving me mad. <laughs> to go into the matrix there. Because um, Chuck said, I was talking about that story where Paul, uh, fucking Peter Rollins, said uh, the, the pastor who has the gift of praying for people and they, they lose their faith. <laughs> so I, I was sharing that story and then Chuck brought up, well, what about a teacher or what about somebody else? And I was thinking that when it comes to theology, though, and this is a very religion versus faith thought, the thing about faith, or the guy that wears the, the robes and the vestments or the fucking hats or whatever it is, that cat's boss is God who created the universe. And he's got the stick that tells you when your kid's going to get cancer or when car accident or something happens to your family. Like, I think that part of this PSA thing one of the bad things about that kind of thinking is that it fucks with people's ability to just be present in the moment. Like it, it creates, it creates the, it motivates people to live secret lives, right? Because I need to live a secret life because there's the God, the Father hates me. Jesus saved me, so everyone else doesn't need to know about my shit. I can't. I don't have to share my shit with the rest of the world as long as I have this fucking robe on or I wear this hat or I've memorized this catechism or some shit. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So no, there we go. There you go. Alright. Ladies and gentlemen, Elvis has left the building. That's a huge bitch. Thanks for listening to Pun Theology. Don't forget to subscribe. Like to join us in having more ears hear this punk sound? Please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you may hear this fucking podcast. Punk Theology is the property of Digital Audio Project, a limited liability corporation, who is responsible for its content. Don't chicken out! First of all, I plead innocent of all charges. This disc contains CD-ROM data and is not for audio use. Please press stop on your disc player now.